0: buddy, welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Manny. I'm your one of your hosts for this evening, Melissa, Mad Mel, whatever you want to call me, uh, other than, you know, a bitch, but even though that's true sometimes. Language,
1: Mel, <laughs> language.
0: Well, since when <laughs> do we hear about swearing? And what your Stephen King over there, bro? I've
1: changed up religion in the last week. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do them curse words.
0: And our guest for this evening is the awesome Monique Dupree. Yes, we are so glad you could join us this evening. I uh, uh, we're both appreciative of the fact that you could because we know you are in Nashville right now. Um, yes, ma'am. Are, what are you down there for? Is it for like a wrestling thing or?
2: Well, yeah, Impact Wrestling is here. Um, they do they're doing their their tapings here, but I'm here for a couple of other things as well. Um, you know, for myself including uh, photo shoots and um, something that I'm trying to uh, work on for um, the vet- veterans and such, uh, somebody that I knew from Baltimore that I'm linking with here to, to do stuff with. So I have a few things that I'm doing here other than, like, wrestling, but that's the primary reason why I'm, I'm here with uh, Tommy Dream.
0: All work and no play. Right now, always, always work.
2: Even, even though I've just been here at the hotel, I've already done uh, two photo shoots, and of course, um, now you're joining us and- for for you guys. And then I'm gonna do uh, another photo shoot after this, and um, a couple of tapings that I have to do. And then tomorrow, I have to self tape a movie to submit to to the company because you know because of COVID, we've yeah. been doing a lot of um, filming things, but I'm going to be doing my own filming again. I mean, I've been doing a, a lot of that recently. So uh, being at the hotel and being by myself affords me the opportunity to be able to film these scenes that I need to and, and set up the space and direct my own stuff, which I'm really also very excited about because I've been doing a lot of it lately.
0: So it's just something else to add to your, your resume. When your as you're going forward and your career is getting even bigger than it you know is at the moment
2: yeah it's, it's because i directed a short um which had a uh, saint in it a.k. anthony saint thomas um it starred uh tommy dreamer i had a no budget short film that i did and uh i got to direct it and act in it a little bit and it's on that's on amazon called shadow hunters devil speak but um During COVID, I've had to actually kind of read a script, take it onto myself, pick out my wardrobe, um, pick out how I wanted to film it, i.e. directing it and whatnot, and doing the takes myself, everything myself, uh, with the exception of one movie that I did that um, Tommy Dreamer filmed the scenes for me because I I couldn't pan up and pan down for it and I was in New York so uh, he did that and then there was another film I did where a saint filmed um, it for me where I got murdered so um, I couldn't. Yeah you can't murder yourself and record it. Yeah I couldn't couldn't film myself being murdered so he set that up for me and tied the knots for me and everything so this has been an interesting um, time where you've had to think outside the box in order to film but it's been exciting for me because I get to show my chops as like doing wardrobe because I love fashion and people that know me know how much I love fashion oh god yeah because you have
0: your boutique online
2: yes um I but I've just just always loved you know fashion of any kind I'm kind of like a Grace Jones type when it comes to uh your style yes and um it's given me a chance to direct my own stuff from the way that I would see my scenes being shot. And if they don't like it, I can dump it and and reshoot it. But most times the way that I've shot it, people have gone, Oh, that's great. I love that. Uh, And, and now they're in films. So I'm like, you know, even though a director told me what they wanted, I had to direct it because I was there by myself. I had to do this myself yeah, and shoot the takes myself. And so that's been pretty liberating and has afforded me the opportunity to practice. So when I'm ready to do my feature, I would have had more practice.
0: Yes, you have all the legwork done. Absolutely. Which you and Maddie couldn't relate with because he does films as well. So, you know, he's well aware of all... You know, camera
2: angles and all that other fun stuff. Yes, yes. Yes. You're like
1: a you're like a Jacqueline of all trades.
2: I I try to be. I try to be. And the reason why really is just because with having ten children and having to, I would have opportunities for things, but then I wouldn't have the money, so I had to create my own opportunities um, and my own avenues, and not having money but having a creative mind helped me to move forward because you learn to think outside the box and you learn to do things and that's how i would do stuff like literally the way that i got to direct my my first short film was i started directing shooting and um, doing wardrobe and choreography for music videos that are already out like I did all of me I did a Beyonce song just like covers yeah and I would just um do them how I interpreted them and I would give myself a time frame like you have five hours to shoot this uh you know choreograph it shoot it edit it and put it out there and like that's kind of like mission impossible right but I would do it (laughs) during these time frames and that's how it's kind of teach myself to do stuff like that and then my friend john johnson was like hey would you like to direct your first film i'll help you and he's a very seasoned uh you know filmmaker and i was like sure so we're gonna do this no budget thing and i and i went on to to do that which was amazing but you create those opportunities for yourself. So I always say, you know, you're broke, but as long as you have a working mind, you can make anything. Yep, happen. trust us. <laughs> anything happen. Yep, yeah, trust.
0: <laughs> so, how do you feel about being Tromas' first black tromet? That I was reading that.
2: Yeah, that's actually been awesome, and I've I've done something for them four times so i wanted to do another shoot but this time since i've been in submersed in wrestling i wanted to do like a tromet belt i wanted to have a a tromet belt created which i haven't been able to do yet but that's my plan and do the five-time tromet and do the belt like i'm the champion like bitch challenge me like like, (laughs) that (laughs) that would be awesome yeah feeling that I wanted to do. And I know that Lloyd would be so down with it. So I've shot for them four times as a, as a trauma of the month, but um, Lloyd basically gave me my career um, in horror. And if it were not for him and for Debbie Roshan, I wouldn't be uh, here today where I could say I've done over a hundred films because people believed in me because Lloyd Kaufman believed in me and because Debbie Roshan believed in me enough to put me out there on the map in a genre that I love so so much Um, so I owe them everything and so I would do anything for trauma absolutely he always says you know sometimes people get big and then they forget that trauma exists I told him I would never forget that I don't care how big my career gets I will never forget where what trauma meant to me, and I would never forget where I came from. Word up, yeah, Always
0: a good sure. thing, yeah. And I know, like your your newest movie is on trauma is Shakespeare's shitstorm. Yes, yes. It also has stars one of our friends that Alex Hawk. Um, I don't think you, Alexander Hawk. Yeah, we don't think you guys. We you guys. I don't think. Got to work together on set, oh, yeah, wait, I think you might have seen each other in, pa- in passing. While I'm not, playing. yeah,
2: I was about to say, I'm not sure that I got a chance to um, work with them. I was on, I mean, I did a lot of um, I filmed a lot of days, but um, we also did like a lot of rehearsals and stuff like that. Um, which al- also had Debbie Roshan in it, by the way. I gotta big up her all the time because she's my hero or my shiro rather um but that's another film where lloyd believed in me because my character caliban was supposed to be played by a black man and um i am obviously not a black man
0: Um, definitely not (laughs) however
2: he felt like i can embody the character as just a strong persona and that you know it would it would fit just as perfectly and it's so funny because in the film because people kept reading the script and in the script it still said him and you know his and stuff like that people kept saying like you know he and they were like wait a minute shouldn't we change this because Monique is not a he and we just thought me and Lloyd was both um, thinking it would be really really funny if we just kept he in there i was like i'm totally cool with that so every time they referred to me they never referred to me as a she yep. they yeah they always referred to me as a he to make it just a little bit funnier because that's how yeah. the character was supposed to be like in tempest caliban was a man yeah um but uh i had to learn shakespearean like i had to i'm not a theater person even though i used to be a part of theater of like way back when in my teenage years but I'm not like my brother um Tony T who's like very much uh submersed in theater I was not born of theater I was born of slapstick uh horror slash horror comedy um because I also love comedy that's I thought I was going to be a comedian growing up I thought I was going to be Richard Pryor I don't know what I was thinking but I thought I was secretly going to be. Teacher,
0: right? I, you can add that to your resume still this time.
2: <laughs> I, love, I love. You're not comedy. busy enough.
0: I Yeah, I know.
2: Right. I love comedy. And so I just. That's why I love doing horror comedy. Is that me? Oh, God. Sorry. It's OK. Hang on for. OK, she she hung up. That was my daughter actually. Calling me. <laughs> Did you guys hear that?
0: Yeah, that's all right. It's oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Fine. I, this that's the life of being a a mom. A mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I don't the, know. When if, the she-
0: children, if the children are calling, there's a reason. So it's like you gotta be you, you gotta go into mom mode real quick.
2: Yeah, I didn't know if she was gonna call me back. I was actually just trying to tell her not to call me back because Please, say, say. Babe, baby, baby, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a, hello, I'm doing a (laughs) podcast, look, (laughs) see, hello, (laughs) I'm going to call you back, okay?
0: All right, right, I love (laughs) you, Uh, you bye,
2: (laughs) because she would keep calling me back until I answered her, and she's like, why are you not answering me, like, I just want to see your beautiful face, so. That's our great role, by the <laughs> way. Very nice. She's the one that embodies me, but is very much a Taurus <laughs> like her father. So she has the, all the attitude of saint and looks just like me. So she's the. So you've got your mom. hands full. Yeah, I, with her, I absolutely do. She gives you a
0: run for your money.
2: Yes, yes, she does. She might
0: be the next person to get body slammed to a mat.
2: <laughs> she might. She might.
0: She's gonna, nineteen
2: years old.
0: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult when you have you know, a, I can't even really. She's not even. I can't even say a child. But when you, when you have like teenagers or, or you know. Because she thinks
2: she's children. an adult. Well, yeah. she thinks she's well, an adult. I said, you haven't hit adulthood yet. When you start Girl, paying bills. Technically, <laughs> right, you're technically wrong. How do how does she have two jobs, but is always asking me for money? I never understood that. Like, because
0: like, it's like when we were kids, your money's your money. And mom and dad are supposed to keep giving you money. Right,
2: but I'm like, what are you doing with <laughs> your money, child? Like, you're not giving me any money for the phone bill. You're not like... My responsible one is my oldest, um, our 27-year-old. She's our super responsible child. She's the one that's like, I'll make sure that when you're old, we don't just roll you by the window in a wheelchair and just leave you there. <laughs> we'll make sure that your life you change and everything is <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> I always said that, listen, make sure my butt is clean and make sure I get to see stuff. I don't want to just be sitting by the window for the rest of my life. She was like, I got you. I got
0: you. That's good to know, you know, that you're going to get fed, have your butt cleaned. And, you know, at least
2: I have one. I'm like, I made sure you were fed and your butt was clean. So I'm going to need you to have the same respect for (laughs) for me when it's that time.
0: And and they and it won't be for as long a period of time as it was as doing it for an infant. Thank you, thank you.
1: <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> and you, oh, God. It's just I, I like it's amazing to me how you balance everything so well. You must have days where you know you want to literally rip your hair out out of your head and like. Oh in the towel.
2: It's called wine days. <laughs> so those are these days right here. Like today. No, that's the one like where you just said, put
0: you just put a, a nipple on the the wine bottle and drink right from the bottle.
2: So I got two gifts, right? One of my girlfriends brought me a huge wine glass that you can pour the whole bottle into. And then my other friend brought me it's like a jug with a little wine glass stem on the top where you can pour the entire Bottle, Yeah, of wine. The, yeah I've if seen your, those. If I say I own, I'm only getting one glass. That's my one glass yeah, yeah. for the day. <laughs> is the entire <laughs> bottle. When I, I'm serious. I don't. When I have bad days, what I do is I work out too much. As a matter of fact, I lost too much weight, but I will get to that. But I, I will work out like crazy, and I will drink red wine. But all I drink is water and red wine, so I'm not like like eating bad or going. I need potato chips. I'm like I need wine. I need wine, and like on a bad day, I can drink four glasses of wine,
0: and Which I'm is on the my
2: bottle. second one right now. So it's I can one tell of your days
0: going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's it's. it's It's been one of those days, but I've been trying to make sure I cope. I worked out for an hour today. So I was like, I didn't do too bad. You can have worse habits than wanting to work out and drinking red wine. Like, You really could have worse habits than that. Those are my bad habits.
0: I mean, as long as you're not, it's not like you're sitting, you know, you're not there right now running the treadmill with a glass of wine in hand while you're running on the treadmill. You know, even though they
2: need to try that one day just to see if I could do it because, you know, (laughs) I like to challenge myself and go, I could do this.
0: So (laughs) that would be the question would be, are you going to do it in a wine glass? Are you going to have the wine in a water bottle?
2: (laughs) No, I would do it in a wine glass because I would want to be special and I would want to be sophisticated while so you're gonna I'm, run like, the messing treadmill messing in heels totally I, you might as well you could well run the gambit right but i would be recording it because if i fail epically it needs to be documented i'm not one of those i'm not one of those people that's that would need to hide it but that that's the comedian in me too there's the new because, challenge right because well listen <laughs> you kind you might have created something for me. I didn't bring my heels this time, but like, I'm gonna have to bring my heels to the. I'm gonna have to ask Saint, you know what? That's gonna be our next project. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell him that you created it, and he's just gonna shake his head.
0: Yep and then
2: he's going to message me and be like, "Bestie, what the hell?" <laughs> he is definitely. De- I'm going to be like, "Listen, when I get back to Baltimore, what we need to do is we need to get a hotel with a good treadmill cuz this is what we fitting to do." He's going to go, "Oh god, oh, what are you doing?" But I sure will because I would need somebody to document it cuz if I fall, I need him to go with me. I always tell people when I'm doing something. you need to record
0: you on the way down.
2: (laughs) But I do. I tell people, again, I feel like it's the comedian in me because think about it. Most comedians that are the most successful are the ones that are definitely willing to make fun of themselves in light of like tragic or bad things that have happened with them. Even Richard Pryor setting himself on fire, you know. All of that stuff. Like, Richard
1: Brad's childhood was really bad too. yeah.
2: I, I know his child, just, just his, just oh, yeah. living was enough like comedy for us, but horror for him. Yeah. You know, and of how he was raised. And that's like, I, I, i starting to
0: see that it's coming out with a lot more of the comedians. That's why they went to comedy because it was helping them keep right. Away from Absolutely. The, the torture they were dealing with in real life. That is,
2: that is kind of how I deal with my life. Um, is through comedy even with um I don't know if you saw my I did a TikTok so I've been having problems with my teeth so when I was a child when I was when I first got my period as a teenager I passed out and hit my face on the bathtub because I I guess my body I was anemic I don't know what happened but I hit my face on a bathtub broke my two front teeth straight straight out the box had to go get Surgery after my lips, after the swelling went down on my lips, had to get surgery and had to get caps on my teeth. I was a teenager, so here we go, cut to decades later. I had never gotten them redone, and so they started to shift and they were gonna fall out. So I had to go to the dentist, and they were like, These should have been out a long time ago. I was like, Yeah, I know, I didn't have insurance, so just do what you got to do now. So now it turns out I have to have three surgeries just to fix my mouth. But, you know, they gave me temporaries in the meantime, which is what I have right now. And so in between one of the surgeries, they had to do some work. So they took the, those crowns off that I had. And I didn't know what, what it was going to look like, but I knew it wasn't going to be pretty at all. And it was my two front teeth. So in the middle of my dental surgery, I said, I have to go to the bathroom. And they were like, oh, okay. I ran in the bathroom with my phone, right? Not even knowing what my face looked like, but I didn't care. I recorded a TikTok. And that's when I saw what my teeth looked like for the first time without the stuff on it. And it was horrible, but I was also smiling at the same time because I was like, I'm documenting this and putting this on TikTok. I went to the bathroom just to do a TikTok of my jacked up teeth and then went back to the dentist chair so that they could finish doing what they needed (laughs) to do and then uploaded the TikTok later. But I sent it to Saint first and he was like, I cannot believe you did that. He was like, that was something that I would do. You've been married to me way too long. I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, but I couldn't resist it. I didn't even go to the bathroom. I only did and that TikTok, TikTok. And then went back to the dentist chair and had to pee. But I was so <laughs> proud of myself that I recorded my little jacked up teeth, my poor little <laughs> teeth, um, because that's not what they look like now, but that's what they actually looked like. And people were like, what the hell? How did you do that trick? That was no trick, my dude. That was what my mouth <laughs> was life. looked like. So it's just that comedian in me that takes the real life tragedy or the real life horror of oh my god. Because imagine if I had to actually walk around like that, right? I'm like, it was hideous. But because but the, your teeth but really change. Yeah.
0: It does, and and but the beauty within that too is like it lets people see that you are a real person. You know, you have to deal with all this stuff, so it you know it makes them realize that, you know, if they're going through the same thing, it gets better. You know, you don't have to hide your life. You know, hide your face for the rest of your life, or whatever. It's
1: kind of a humbling thing too, because. You deal with it for a little bit, and you see that side of life, and then you 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 understand the unfortunate people that that is their life twenty four seven. You know what I mean? But let me
2: explain something to you. If I if they had said we can't put caps on, we can't do this, what I would have done is put out a signal like a bat signal. Okay, film me with my jacked up face for as much as you can, like you know do the like pretty woman coming in and then she smiles and then the guy runs away like i would want to do as much of that as possible <laughs> yeah. on film to have it documented until i got it fixed because i feel like utilize it right while you have it i wouldn't run away and go i'm hideous now i i might not want to like go outside regularly and do the stuff that i regularly do but for film for something that's going to be documented for life, I would absolutely be down for. So that would be what I'd be doing. I'd be posting, okay, my teeth are hideous. This is your chance right now. If you don't take the opportunity, you won't get this chance again. And then I would also bump up my pay rate because (laughs) I'm exposing a part of me that I wouldn't normally expose, but that's exactly what I would do in that situation. Nothing right. wrong
1: with that. I production value. She brings her own production value folks.
2: <laughs> exactly, but yep. you have to utilize, you have to utilize what you have and what you're going through and go that's that thinking outside the box. How can I benefit from this? How can I do something? How can I make people laugh? How can I provoke emotion? Yeah. And so that was why I did that little TikTok is because it provoked emotion. You know, somebody was like I hope your teeth doesn't look like that because I wouldn't want to talk to you. And I'm like, good, because I would never talk to you anyway. Exactly. You just showed the (laughs) kind of
0: person you are if you're going to (laughs) judge me
2: just based on what my teeth look like right now. Exactly. Exactly. So it just, I don't know, it just kind of, it kind of exposes things, but it just... I got a chance to just be me and be the comedian that I am and be the fun person that I am and take advantage of a bad situation to turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And that's the way you have to do everything, especially right now. You got to take the positive out of every situation or otherwise you're going to be really miserable.
1: Comedy so- is the best medicine.
2: Exactly. It really, truly is. People don't even understand. That is why to this day, I still watch, like, I have like my favorite comedies that I will watch over and over and over again that like Saint will put on for me when I feel like really, really down or whatever. I just watch the same stuff over and over again because it makes me feel really good. I tend to do
0: that too. It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Like it can be action. It can be comedy, but you have those, those things that you hold on to that always make you feel better. No matter the situation, Absolutely, I get my chops busted because I like to watch the, you know, the live animation like smurfs movie when i'm in a certain mood or you know wrong with that i like i'm completely that person i'll go see a kids movie without having any kids just because it's something to make you happy for that moment
2: yes i did that with my best friend before we watched chicken run we took the kids to watch chicken run but they fell asleep and we were so enamored with the movie and we were like in the aisles dying, laughing, laughing. That movie is hysterical. it is. <laughs> and so when we took them home the next day we went back without them <laughs> to the theater to watch the to watch
0: it again <laughs>
2: ourselves because that movie was so funny to us like I was like, like we're gonna pee our pants like we're just it was crazy and it was before like alcohol was allowed in the theater so we brought our own bottle
0: yep so that was even share. better
2: yeah but now you know there bars same. in movie theaters now yep. but that was before the bars existed in movie theaters yep so sneaking the nips in your
0: pocketbook right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the
2: pocket
0: nips in the pocketbook
2: <laughs> I'm not
0: paying thirteen dollars for an eight ounce Long Island.
2: (laughs) Luckily my daughter works at a movie theater now, so like I'll get a discount on everything else, so I don't mind paying for the wine because I'm getting like a deep discount on the food and stuff because she's a manager there. So I'm like, Yeah, I'll pay full price for this wine and I won't bring you no liquor in because you know you work here and I'm trying to, you know, do right by you. But if I go to another place all bets are off <laughs> exactly there you go right.
0: i'm not paying you seven dollars for that box of juju bees that i can go to the dollar tree and get right
2: <laughs> and you know i got a bunch of kids so we come in i come in with my my whole bag
0: you would be spending like a hundred dollars per kid just on just... getting snacks for the movie
2: <laughs> i mean you have to spend so much money just getting them sodas and popcorn never mind the I'm, and i bought the candy like, I brought the candy and my own alcohol, and I'm still spending, uh, like, $100 on popcorn and soda. It's have got 10,
1: 10 kids, right? 10 large?
2: Now, yeah, do you bring all
1: 10? If you go to the movies, you bring in all 10 of them to the
2: movies? The most that I've ever brought at once have been eight. Eight of the 10. What was the movie? Um, Dang, I can't even remember. It was a horror movie, though. Ooh. I know it was a horror. My, kid, done right. my kids love horror because, well, they were raised on horror because... That's what their mother does. Yeah, yeah. So they love watching horror movies. Like, you know, when we when I say, what do you guys want to watch? Like, if we rent a movie at home, they are like, let's watch something scary. I'm like, really?
0: That's my mom th- moment.
2: It, it, it <laughs> is. Like, I'm like, and then my seven-year-old, she's like, well, sometimes, you know, I get scared. But, like, I love being scared with my family. So I just want to watch something scary. My 19-year-old, we did all the Annabelle's we did the Annabelle's together and my 22 year old, we did all the saws together and yeah. saw would scare the bejesus out of him, but he still wanted to go see it with me. Cause he's like, first of all, my mom is a scream queen. So I have to go watch saw. And then that's, it always then that's a good, came out that's your
0: bonding time too.
2: Yes. It always came out around his birthday too, in October. Um. So and his birthday is a few days before Halloween. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so we would go watch that. But like my kids love horror movies. So any time that we went out as a group, it was usually a horror movie. Very rarely was it like um, a kid's movie. Every now and again, we'll do like a, an animated thing or like a kid's movie. But most of the time it was a horror movie. Did
0: anyone ever make any comments to you guys by,
2: you know, because you were bringing younger children in all the time, Um, all the time, they would look at us funny. And one time we got turned away because it was there was no, it said no children under 13 without an adult or a guardian after eight o'clock. And it was like a 810 movie. And they wouldn't let us bring them in. Because they were like, Well, you know, I know that you're the guardian, but this, this movie is really scary. And I'm like, hello, they've been on set with Blood and Guts. And that was before my daughter actually worked there because it's the same movie theater that she works at now. Yeah. But if she had worked there at the time, she would have been like, come on. Right. Y'all totally going in. But like the people, there was like a long line and the people were like looking at us strangely because I had like little kids. You know, like how do you do something like that? I was like, how do you stand here and judge me When you have no clue where my kids come from, yeah, they've been sleep on a set where they're literally laying next to fake guts. (laughs) Okay,
0: please tell me you have pictures of this (laughs) of the movie.
2: I I probably do, but like they're like literally taking a nap, and there's like blood all over the place, and they're just like, "I'm tired. I need to go to sleep for a little while." (laughs) This is. And they still believe the stuff on film, but like it was and in playing it right like, there right, right but it's it's just one of those things. it's been our life, it's been our livelihood and how I keep a roof over their head, so you can't just look at somebody and judge who they are based on what they look like, yeah, exactly, you know, so it's one of those things we're used to it though. I'm used to being judged all the time. Do you feel you get
0: judged more so now? Um, Like with all the Black Lives Matter things that are going, that have been going on throughout the past year. I mean, it's always been something that's always been an issue. Anyways, with discrimination, do you feel that you have had to deal with it more so recently because of everything or?
2: No, I haven't. Um, Actually. What I've been dealing with a lot lately is um, me being called a sellout.
0: Because you actually can support your family and you do what you need to do. God forbid. Because I am dating somebody outside
2: of my race.
0: And that's that doesn't matter anyway, either. So
2: I've been referred to lovingly as a sellout and Oreo or whatever colorful colloquialism that you can come up with is what I've been called um, as of recently, which is just ridiculous. I said, hello, let's not forget the decades that I've been married to the blackest of black men. That's White. right. Africa drum right. black man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gave birth to 10 children with him. But all of a sudden now... You I'm,
0: defy I'm, any kind of stereotype no. that could be associated with you. So, I mean, people don't or don't want to understand that you can love whoever the hell you want to love.
2: You're supposed to be able to love who you want to love. Do you think that I woke up one day and said... Oh, I want to fall in love with an Italian guy today. Like, you mean that's not how it happened? (laughs) uh, According to most people, that's how it's supposed to happen. But, like, I didn't even think that I would. I always thought I would be in my relationship forever, lest me thinking I'm going to be with somebody else. Like, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. I happen to fall in love with a guy who people yeah, refer to care. as having a bone in his nose because he has his piercing. Um, and it's, it's the spectrum. People also don't realize that they have so much in common. I love, I guess, these strong types. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> apparently. But well, because
0: you're, you're being a strong female you kind of need to have a strong man by your side you have to because if you have a weak man by your side they can't handle everything that you're going to do on a daily basis you need someone that's going to respect you respect your decisions and want to help better you while bettering while right. you're bettering yourself
2: and let me tell you something i know and realize and can fully admit that i am not an easy woman to be with i am extremely stubborn um, extremely what? Did I say extremely? That's the part where <laughs> I say extremely I am and I can admit to it um, I am just One of those women who I'm going to do what I'm going to do And you Could either thank me later Or say I told you so Later You could do either or I'm, I'm good with either one But I am just very much Independent That's how I was raised by my grandmother um, because I wasn't raised with a father figure. It was like my grandmother was my mother and my great grandmother was my father. And so I had these two strong women that played these roles for me. And so I didn't have a male figure. Fortunately, my children has been raised with a mother and a father, something that I never had which I would never take from them, which I love that they have. But that's what kind of turned me into the ultra strong woman that I am today. And it just like- And that's what helps you
0: get, yeah, that helps you get through all the bullshit
2: that you have to deal with on a daily basis. Absolutely. And God bless Saint for the decades that he has put up with my crazy- yeah, because he I mean, you
0: were you were he said you were young when you guys started dating.
2: Yeah, yeah. We were um I was I was a teenager. Um I was in my teens <laughs> when we started dating. And um in nineteen ninety nine was when we got married. And um the weird thing is that I'm the strong independent one. I would I would wake up every other day saying, Will you marry me? He said no. What do you mean no? I'm just not ready to say yes yet. So no. And then I would like I even got down on one knee. Do you believe this? And was like, Will you marry me? And he was like, Nah. I said, What? <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna leave this motherfucker because I just can't believe it. he said no to me. But like <laughs> but I didn't. But he just kept going, I need to make sure it's right because I only wanna get married once. And then one day he woke up and he was like, You wanna get married? I said Nope. <laughs> no, listen. But that's the thing. I was saying to myself, the audacity of him. I said, you know what? I can't stand you. Let's let's go get married. <laughs> and we did.
0: <laughs> and here you are, decades later. And, and, and you're didn't. together or not is right side. Mm-hmm. You guys still managed to
2: be there for one. Exactly. Even though we 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 didn't work out, we worked for all of these years and he is still my heart and soul always um I am in a new relationship I've been in a it's not a new relationship I don't know I'm saying that because it's new in the sense that people are still so uh, mo and saint yeah yeah it, when we came out and said that people were hitting me up, like, no, you know, you were our Ruby D and Ozzie Davis. And I'm like, I'm sorry to like disappoint, but like, I can't, you know, we can't be together because you guys really want us together.
0: Yeah. At the, <laughs> it, end, of the, at the end of the day, no, you know, you, you have to walk away while there's still that respect and that
2: willingness to be able to ab- be together. Absolutely. And then, you know, I found another relationship and um you know got involved there and you know got involved in wrestling and you know we became connected and people started seeing us together more and more like it was really like we showed up in group chat like these these uh wrestling groups and stuff so the
0: assumptions started even before there was anything really there Before,
2: before i started posting pictures of us and stuff because i started posting pictures of us he didn't understand that part because he's not a big Um, I'm going to post things on social media, but the way I am is I like to take back my power. I'm very much an independent woman. And I know he doesn't understand being an independent woman because he has balls. He's not a woman. Um, You
0: have balls, honey. That's why they're up here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so for that. I'm giving you the fist right now. (laughs) I will always remember that. And I love you for that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But, like, it was just a point where I felt like I'm starting to see this in chats. Like, it's starting to affect my children, where my daughter was like, Mom, I was at work. And my boss was like, I saw in a group post somewhere on a wrestling site that your mom and Tommy Dreamer is dating. And... Uh I want to know if it's true cuz I thought that you you know she was with your father and so Monet like gave the uh ah, and she goes right and she's the oldest one and she didn't want to admit it you know it was having to but like it started affecting my children so even though he said he didn't understand I couldn't have like my children were at the point where I don't know what to say I don't know what to do
0: yeah.
2: So I spoke out for myself instead of them, instead of that responsibility lying on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, it was before we even, before I even posted anything, people would see us at games. There was a shot of me and him, like it was a blurry shot, but there was a shot of me and him at a game that somebody took and posted in one of the group things. Like, is that Tommy Dreamer and some black chick? I didn't know he liked chocolate. Like, Stuff like that. It, surf- it started surfacing more and more later. But that's when I started just posting pictures of us. And I didn't say, hey, here's my boyfriend, Tommy Dreamer. I would just post pictures of us. And you know, people would contact me. and was like, I knew you guys were together because I'm looking at the look on his face. And the look on his face is saying, this is my woman. And so it wasn't even... It really wasn't even me talking. It was just the photo.
0: Yeah, Said it all.
2: Saint already knew, obviously, because there was no way that he was not going to know. I'm going to tell him because he has to make sure that the person I'm involved with, he's okay with because I have his children. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And
0: if you and Tommy are in a long-term relationship at some right. point he's going to be around your children. So you want Saint to be able to have that level of comfort as well.
2: And Absolutely. not have to
0: worry about, Oh, is this guy that, you know, my ex is with going to be good to my kids or right. am i going to have to put and a is- hurting on this person.
2: Exactly. As functional adults, that is something that you're supposed to do. And oh, even though we God. like our privacy and such, it got to a point where, you know, when you when you have a certain amount of celebrity, which he has more than I do, you know, there's a certain amount of privacy you just don't have. And I, again, I am a headstrong woman. You know, I have to take back my power. I can't have my kids being broken down going, you know, like, Mom, why won't you say something? Or why, why is this or why is it that? So I just stood up and I spoke out and I said X, Y, and Z. And then I left it like that. But then when I would post pictures, people would read, you know, completely into things. And so I just... I got to, like, the six year, like, that you know, where we're together. When you're together for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and I mean, it.
0: I, I'm still trying to wrap around my head how people, you know, have a comfort level to approach a child and ask them about their parents' relationship. Because, yes. you know, that's something you shouldn't be doing. If you want to know something about me, don't approach my child. Approach me and ask me.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I didn't always go to Tommy about those things because – I also didn't want to like bother him about it. That was, I felt like that was my side of things that I had to deal with, but like so many people and I have so many kids. So it was like so many people would go to my children and question them and it affected them. And so I felt like I had to make a blanketed statement. I had to come out and say something because I'm, that's how I protect my children. Everybody. Protects their kids in different ways. You I don't mess with the mama bear and her cubs. Exactly. I could have went to somebody's house and beat their ass, or I could just make a blanketed statement. I thought that it would be more beneficial in my life to make a blanket statement and not to, <laughs> to go beat somebody's ass. You don't have
0: any, especially with COVID. You don't want to be in prison right now.
2: <laughs> this was before COVID. That, yeah, was, that's
0: true too. That's so that makes it, you know that much
2: yeah, this worse. Was, this was before COVID. I was just like, listen, I don't want I just don't want to be in jail for beating somebody's ass. You know, period. But like um with COVID, it's even worse because you're like well, you definitely don't want to do that now, but yeah, I just felt it necessary to to speak out because everybody protects their children in different ways. And so I was protecting my children. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because I'd be a shitty mother if I didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But I did, and you know, it it is what it is right now, and we're just trying to deal with things. Um, I had said to you guys, you know, before we even started filming that I've taken to getting threats lately, Um, as people started finding out that I have a relationship with him. I think because of his. you know, previous relationship or like his wrestling relationship, because people don't really understand people's lives. And I'm not even going to delve into that part.
0: They don't understand, they don't understand real life, never mind what they see on TV. Right, right, right. Being, right. Being, what is it called? A wrestling valet? Yeah, yeah being, somebody, yeah. being a wrestling valet is different from who you guys are together right. in public. So, like, even right. if you're portraying that relationship status on TV while you're filming an episode of House of Hardcore or Impact or whatever it is that you're filming. Right. It's not you in real life. Exactly. Real
2: life. Exactly. And people um, they they bleed real life into um, what they see and they assume that they know everything. So it was like as soon as uh, they did a signing recently on uh, Facebook Live is when I started getting a lot of threats like see they're still together Um, you're trying to break up a relationship and blah 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 and like I was I was devastated because you have to take Okay, so people will threaten you online, but when you're a public figure, even me on an indie level. But
0: yeah, you get your 30-day ban for posting up an inappropriate picture, but people can go on there and threaten and harass
2: you and get away with it. Right, and and it's okay. And I've gotten Instagram threats where I've had to block those pages, but you could tell that they're fake pages. But I would have to screenshot and block those pages, and then they'll just create another page and say something similar. And like one person was like, I know where you um I can find out where you live and I have to take those threats seriously. Seriously. Because so, of the fact that you have the children. Right. So I had to actually tell Saint. Like imagine how hurt I was going, Hey, listen, I'm just letting you know that because of my you know, because of my relationship and, you know, where everything is people have been threatening me. And they might be blanketed threats, but just in case, because we come we come from school of hard knocks. We come from a place where a threat is a threat. Yeah, exactly. And so you can't go, oh, this is just online because how many people? I mean, granted, yes, there are online. Yeah,
0: exactly, there's a ton of computer Rambo's out there, but there it only takes that because of thinking that there's so many computer Rambo's. You always get that one that's going to be that nut job that is going to go
2: out you and act on whole, what they're saying you have a whole series on the ID channel based on people that will threaten you online and follow through with it. Yep. You just never know the crazy praise. person behind the keyboard, so you can't just look at different idol threats and go, "Oh, it's nothing." You would be ridiculous to just assume it's nothing, especially in
0: this day and age. Like, it's exactly like, the each day passes and the level of crazy gets kicked up a notch.
2: And if you're willing to spend enough money, you can find out where somebody lives. Right. You know, you really can. And that's the thing that I fear the most, even though if anybody ever came to Miles, they really are in for a fight because they're-, they're, fight. Like, they're you got an army. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you really want to do this with an army of us because- The last time something went down at my house and it had nothing to do with online, uh, something happened and like one person came out and then we came out like clowns come out of a clown car. And (laughs) everybody started looking like, wait, wait, wait. Like they had no idea. Like we weren't trying to get brolic like that. Right. But the thing is that I don't want to get to that point. Who wants to get to that point? I want to nip it in the bud before anything like that happens. So I was like, Okay, so now I have to document all of this stuff. I have to, I have to look at this stuff seriously. And what I would like to say is that, you know, people, if you're like one of these people, can you please mind your fucking business? Because you have no idea who, what people's personal lives are like and what they're going through privately. Um, people have said stuff to me like, "How can you be dating somebody you're married?" I said, uh. First of all, have you ever heard of this little thing called separation? It happens when two people separate. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they can't afford that thing called a divorce. Sometimes they're going through that thing called a divorce.
1: Process, yeah.
2: Um, you just don't know what's happening in somebody's life. And I you can't believe when somebody comes up to you like, you can't be dating somebody because you're married. I said, you have to be two years old because even my seven-year-old understands, you know, the ideals behind being married, being separated, things not working out. It's just like if you were boyfriend-girlfriend and it didn't work out, you're no longer boyfriend-girlfriend. Exactly. You know, it's, Unless it's,
0: that other person is severely unhinged. Right. So it, right. You under, it's, a, it's an understanding... <laughs>
1: When people when people leave, like, say something racial, like the I didn't know you like chocolate type deal, right. do you attest that to, like, an old-school wrestling mentality? Because, you know, a lot of the older territories were from the South, and, you know, right. the South was a place where a lot of hatred came from, you know what I mean? Do you think that it's, like, a, the ghosts of that, like, the remnants of, like, that old way of thinking that's still in it, or do you think that it's more kind of, of, of a more of a people, the, the fans wanting to get in and being villains themselves in a way, being
2: heels. I kind of is- think that it's, that it's a little bit of both, but I'll yeah. say too, because I think because they know his history of, or they think that they know his history of his life since he's been married and who his type was and who his persona type was, because like nobody actually knows this man. Yeah. You know, except you know what he lets you know. And it, right. You know, they know the persona. Like I always tell people, you know Tommy Dreamer. You don't know this man. Right. Tommy Dreamer is a fictitious character. Yeah.
1: It's like watching Casino. And
2: you know Bobby, Bobby. Daryl, you know? Right. Exactly. Because you watch that movie saying that you, you know those people. You don't know yeah. who this person yeah. is. And so. I just wish people would respect the privacy um, behind it. But I do think that it's a mixture of both. I think it's a mixture of people feeling like they know his type, Mm. which is ridiculous because of his wrestling history and maybe the, the old territory type situation. Um, Like I know that the South was notoriously bad. Like my great grandmother's family fled from the, from Georgia, um, due to a lot of racial stuff that happened in my family, that had them flee from Georgia to New Jersey, which is where we where found you were America. born. Right. Um, that's that's why we ended up there in the first place. She was, you know, from Georgia, but uh, and she was born in 1910, so she was born in that era. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago anyway. You know, for us in... Of course, racism is still alive and well, but um, not like it was. It was more underground. And without me getting into politics, it just came more to the surface, um, you know, over the past some odd year. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> that's a whole other. That's story. All
0: you, yeah, that's you said
2: all you yeah. needed to say. I'm not delving into right now because yeah. again, I'm trying not to physically fight anybody. I'm I I am generally a lover and not a fighter. I just fight for mine.
0: Exactly, it's, you're a lover. You, can, that, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I'll fight for what I love.
2: Absolutely, I and I fight in any way possible for the people. You know that I love, that's just, I'm passionate about everything that I do from filming to my family, to wrestling, to all of it. I've, it's just...
0: It's kind of unfortunate that you have to have a battle of wits with so many unarmed people.
2: It, it really truly and is. I've had, to, I've had to learn to, you know, let go. But like, I've, I had posted a, a few Facebook posts recently today. Because um, I'm fighting something that, while I'm not going to delve into, I will say that you know I've been attacked by people that I didn't wouldn't even expect to be attacked by, and I've done nothing wrong. I've never thought I'd have to see like fight this kind of fight. I thought I always thought, of course, I had to fight for like racial equality and stuff like that, but I never saw myself having to be in a fight for somebody that I love, right. like not like this. Um, and so I find myself in that battle. And then I sit there and I go, why, why do I have to go through this? Why? Like I, it, it just makes me feel like nice guys really do finish last. And that, you know, as, as nice as I, as I am and Saint has told me, So many times he's like, I need you tougher because you're, you're too nice. You're too kind to people when they show you their ass, you give them light. And he was like, while I respect and love that, sometimes you have to show them that you're willing to get as down and dirty with them as they are with you and I just kept going no no that's not the way no you don't have to do that and now I'm literally sitting here and I had to tuck my tail between my legs and say you know what I think you might be right. I hate to, I hate
0: to agree with you on that because he said the same thing to me
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he said the same thing to me numerous times he's like you're too nice for your own good and you need to start developing a thicker skin and yep you know, you need to start showing your ass and letting people see that yep. they can't just walk all over you or that they can't treat you this way because Absolutely. you don't deserve it. And it's just the point that, you know, people just don't know how to mind their own business. They're not exactly. happy they're not causing chaos because they can't control their own life. So they figure, oh, well, well, let me, you know, see what I can do to destroy them today.
2: Here's the thing about me though. And I don't, I really don't care what anybody else thinks about my views. You push me too far, I'm definitely going to push back. And I do it strategically. Put it this way. It's like I've never, and and Saints has said this to me before, i never played chess a day in my life, but I play chess in life. And I told him, I said, I don't even know how I do that. He said, trust me, because I play chess. I don't know how you do it, but you do it and but that's that's who i am like if you push me too hard i won't come out and like just blurt out information or say this is what this is or this is what that is but i will strategically destroy you because you will never hurt me and mine and I will never I don't I don't go out to I don't seek out to ever physically hurt anybody or you know, like all I would like to do is just be left the fuck alone. And live
0: your life and do your exactly.
2: Thing. Your but kids know, are good, your
0: family's strong. Right. And, and people hate to see people doing better to that better than them, no matter what it is. It's a
2: it's a it's a. it's a reality and it's just like you know, people don't understand like I'm going through my own health issues of things that I just found out about myself that I'm trying to deal with that I'm just not ready to publicly come out with yet. And I'm just trying to be strong. I'm trying to fight the good old fight. I'm trying to, you know, love who I love. And yeah,
0: but some days it's just goddamn tiring when you got to deal with the added bullshit too.
2: Sometimes enough is enough. And whether or not people agree with how you do things or not, I cannot continue to sit there and just go, if I ignore it long enough, it'll go away because it's too much. Yeah, It's too much. And so I fight my own way. So I'll do my photo shoots and I'll find something really pretty or not pretty, so to speak, to say behind my photo, to put my message out there because people will look at the photo first and then they'll read what I actually have to say. And you could take it personally or you can not take it personally. But that's how I fight back for myself because I can't come out. Well, I can come out and say stuff, but I'm, I'm just not about that kind of drama. So I don't come out and say stuff. And, but I can't just sit there at the same time and just eat all of it. You know, everybody has their limitations. And even though I'm a nice person and I like to help people, uh, I have my limitations, too. I have a threshold of, of what I can take and, and what's too much for me. And you have to understand that people, different people are going to act out in kind in their own way. Yeah. How I act out is I do a pretty photo shoot and I put some dirty words and I'll let you think what you want to think.
0: Yep, I've noticed that with you, especially with uh, more so on Instagram than Facebook, obviously, because, yes. you know, you don't want to get kicked off of Facebook. God forbid you're, you know, post what you want to say. Yeah. But I, I've noticed that. And there'll be times I'll be like, I'll laugh and I'll be like, I don't want to be the person that pissed her off today. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: just, I just, I have to, because like at the same time, again, I'm trying to be a light for other people. And I really do. I truly believe that. Like, I don't just say that because I've had my darkest moments where people have come to me, not knowing that I'm going through my darkest moments and come to me for advice and never do I turn them away. I just turn around and go, well, let me give somebody else something. Hopefully
0: I mean, we've even had you and I have even had conversations even, you know, before today where, you know, I saw that you were struggling and I reached out to you and Absolutely. You know, we've kinda like helped one another get through that situation. Because that's the way it should be. You should we you know, women, especially being a female, you should be empowering one another one another and uplifting one another not putting one another down or you know trying to act like you're better than someone else or whatever but like people just don't want to get that comp you know they can't comprehend that there's more to life than constantly being in competition with yeah. somebody else
2: i always believe that and especially um us as women i feel like it's it's so important for us to uplift one another and not tear each other down. We are our worst enemies. Like, wh- I will read comments, I'll look at celebrities um, stuff, people that are verified, and I'll look at some of the comments where they're like, you're a fat whore, you're this, that, or the other. I'm like, why would you, Like these are coming from mostly women. I was like, why would you try to tear another woman down like that? Like, what do you benefit from posting this comment saying something negative because we, it makes them
0: feel good because there's some shit that they're going through that they jealous. don't want to have to deal with
2: the jealous. You know I, mean? I know, but that's just so, that's so, 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 so wrong. And I'm going to tell you something. If I feel like I see, I see something that a woman is doing wrong. I'm not afraid to message them and go, Hey, I read what you said about this, that or the other. And that was, that's kind of harsh. You know, but maybe uh, if you thought about X, Y, and Z or because it's all in the way you attack things as well, I wouldn't just go on somebody's personal space and be like, oh, you're such a cunt. You did. You said blah, blah, blah. blah, And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to try to, like, not tear somebody down, but tell them about themselves, how about offering a solution to what you feel like was so wrong with what they did? And or I don't about
0: mean it in a respectful manner. I don't mean
2: a bullshit solution where you're still tearing them down. I mean like a real, if you were a therapist, solution. Right. If you're well, going to reach out to their space and say something to try to tell them you feel like this was wrong, try to talk to them as if you were talking to your child to help them to rectify it even if they don't or
0: even talking to like, or you being in that place, like reversing the situation. And, you know, because I know growing up, I was like, I was tortured and like, I've always, I've always been the heavy one, you know? So that's always been something that, you know, people automatically would come after me about was being heavy. So after I had weight loss surgery and I dropped all the weight, you know, and my friend finally was able to talk me into doing my photo shoot. I was so proud of that moment because it was something I got to do that put, took me out of my comfort zone and, right? you know, put my accomplishment out there for other people to see what I went through and, you know, in my journey right. and not even being in the public eye, you get those people, people that don't even know you that like to troll pages, you know, coming out and making comments. How do you feel like it? You lost weight. Where did you lose it? Like, bro, you don't know me. Um,
1: did you find it again?
0: I found it again. I haven't lost it all. (laughs) Oh man, like, it's it's, it's sickening, and I can only imagine how much worse it is. I I can't imagine, you know, what you go through.
1: These people feel like you gotta feel bad for them because they hate, they hate, They, they, they 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 they're so angry and hateful that they gotta spew their venom. They don't. They don't want anybody else to be happy. It's like that. It's a psychological issue. And until they figure out a way to get everybody on the same page, I mean, it's going to be there, unfortunately.
2: You're absolutely right about that. And, like, I have, you know, Melissa, I've had the reverse problem from what you've had. Like, when I started, like, really posting my pictures and going, hey, I've lost all of the weight or whatever, um, I would get the comments of, you know, why are you trying to, like, what did they say? I don't want to say garnish sympathy or like act like you lost all of this weight or whatever the case might be just to show your body off. And I'm like, dude, I lost 80 pounds. Okay. I lost a whole child mm. from me, like yeah. 80 pounds. That is a huge accomplishment. accomplishment, especially since we, you know, when I decided to lose the weight, we had no money. I couldn't get a membership for a gym, We didn't have like, we couldn't afford for me to just like buy like fresh foods and stuff like that all the time. But I put together my own plan. I did my own things based on what we had. I would use, you know, paint cans and water bottles to work out with. I would run up and down the stairs. I would like, I would do all of these things because I couldn't get a gym membership for a year and a half after I decided to drop the weight. I lost five pounds just eliminating sugar from my diet right like just just the little things that you could do so i i finally started becoming comfortable showing my before pictures and like then it was oh wow i didn't know that you were heavier yeah you know bitch i said that before well, when i said i lost bitch, 80 pounds like bitch,
0: i i've had 10 kids so not for nothing you do get that baby weight and not for nothing anybody that says anything about you they're absolutely insane because whether you were 80 pounds heavier or not that shouldn't matter it's it, you, you're not it you don't really become shouldn't. friends with a person because of what they look like you don't become friends with a person because of what they can do for you absolutely you become friends with a person because of their 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 personality um and like people forget that that's the main purpose in life is you find people that you can relate to by being a good person, not by being. A
2: shit head. And and here's the thing too, I didn't lose the weight for any other reason but because because I first it of made all made you feel better about you. Yeah, but I liked my weight. I actually liked. Truth be told, and I haven't said it much publicly, but I think I was. I felt better about myself with the weight on than I do right now. Um, and people don't understand that there's always an issue no matter no you, matter what you are. I liked myself heavier. What I did not like was when I was trying to run behind my kids, I was I was having problems breathing. I was it it was harder for me to do stuff with my kids that I wanted to do. Exactly. That was when I decided to lose the weight. I had no other issues. Um, they told me to watch, to make sure I didn't get like diabetes because it runs in my family, but I didn't have it. Yep. Um, and I, I embraced my size. Like I loved my size. There was no issues that I had except for when I started having issues, being able to interact with my children the way they wanted me to. That was when I dedicated myself to my weight loss journey. It was only because of that. And then it, it turned into this whole animal because, you know, I have this thing in my head that when I do something, I do something. And especially as of recently going through all of the stuff that I've been going through, my answer is when I feel down, I work out.
0: Which there's nothing wrong with.
2: No, there isn't. I found something that makes me feel good when I do it. I told you it's either wine or work out. When you're not on a movie, (laughs) or on
0: a wrestling a wrestling ring.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. And well with COVID, that like that really like I noticed, you know, a lot of people said and even some wrestlers, they were like they gained weight during COVID. I lost weight during COVID because I couldn't do the like I would produce House of Hardcore too. I would be there doing the shows behind the scenes and stuff. I stopped being able to do any of that stuff and lost control of things and it was just like okay so I can control working out so I'm going to go work out like yeah, you can't focus that- on
0: the one thing you can't control.
2: Absolutely. Like I was here with Tommy and he's like you know you know you could work out but like don't. Like you don't have to work out all the time. So I was like okay I went to go to go back to the gym before I did your podcast tonight and I was like you know what don't go back to the gym because you're just gonna like go work out, and work out, work out, work out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Even though I brought ankle weights with me, so God forbid, I'm about to go upstairs and probably take a shower and change. And I'm probably gonna stare at those ankle weights, staring at me, staring at them. Uh-huh. And I'm probably gonna put them gonna on do
0: some hand and do with some
2: stuff with, them <laughs> And probably do some stuff with them because I'll still be up there for a little bit by myself. But I found a love in fitness, and reading about fitness and reading about um, you know proper diet and reading about what's good for you and why and what's good for me and why, because my body can't take even like I can't even eat broccoli right now because I' got a hysterectomy, and there are certain things that I can't eat anymore because they nick my digestive tract um, so I like I have I have issues now. So like yeah. some of the healthy stuff that I used to eat that I love, I can't eat anymore. So I had to relearn my body. So that, just,
0: yo, I, I can relate to that one completely just, with after yes. having weight loss surgery. Right. Like, it, I used to be like a big like sweet tooth all the time yes. type of person. You know, get the midnight munchies or whatever. You know, go hit the store for some chips and cupcakes or something. Whereas now I I, I can literally take a bite. And if I go over that or, you know, depending on what it is, if it's something that's like too sweet or too rich, it's
2: going to right. You're done for too sweet. Do you know what my favorite uh, junk food is to eat that, you know, Saint looked at me with a blank face and like blank, blank. That's not junk food. So I get strawberries. I cut up some strawberries. I take a little bit of Manuka honey because Manuka honey is very good for you. I drizzle some Manuka honey over the strawberries. I take a... Like a dollop of Cool Whip, put the Cool Whip on there, sprinkle some cinnamon powder on top of it. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say That's that sick. sounds really good. Or anything with, in a anything, bowl for me? Anything with strawberries <laughs> and whipped cream is usually good, anyhow. But you added cinnamon, it, it, you added it, it, cinnamon it, and honey too. Yes,
2: so. it has to be the Cool Whip from like not. I don't do the Cool Whip in the can. I do like the Cool Whip in the actual term. And I like to do, like, the sugar-free or the fat-free or whichever free. It's, like, just very light
0: yep. because
2: I can't really take rich stuff. When I eat that, I feel like I ate, like, a call it or a Snickers or, like, <laughs> singing something from the top of the hill. Really, like, really, really bad. But it's so good. I'm, like who made this orgasm in a bowl? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like rejoicing. So like, I literally sent that list to him today. Like, can you bring this stuff back? Because I've been trying to order it from like to the hotel and they had none of it. They had no strawberries. They had no cool whip. I have, I brought the honey and cinnamon with me. Yeah. Because I bring the good cinnamon and the good honey <laughs> with me. <laughs> like, I carry that stuff with me. I carry, like, a drugstore of stuff, like my fish oil well, and Well, I my mean, like, there's certain the
0: things that, like, when you're used to it and you're traveling, you can't find the same thing. You might find something that's close to it. Right. But once you get used to a certain way something tastes or the texture of something, you have to have it that way.
2: And I'm such a creature of habit. As soon as I got here, I ordered my, my eggs because what I do is I eat... Um, boiled egg whites like I take the boiled eggs and I take the yellow and I just throw the yellow away and I just eat the egg whites and I'll do the egg whites either with turkey bacon or the egg whites with uh with um oatmeal with a little bit of honey and cinnamon that's my thing is honey and cinnamon but it's usually manuka honey and like I said manuka honey gets expensive CVS started just started selling it but like you buy a bottle, it can be anywhere from $18 to $22, depending on um, the strength of it. Because the higher the number, the healthier it is uh, for you. And I just take a little bit, and I just literally drizzle it over um, my, my whatever it is that I've decided to put it on. And it's just so good. And it's also something I use on my face with turmeric, um to keep my face nice cuz i don't wear nice foundation or anything but um i stopped using it for 1 week and i have a bump on my nose and my 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 cheek now and i'm like oh it's so i know bad.
0: i've gotten i've gotten like super self conscious about that because you know working in healthcare i'm constantly with a mask on so right. i've had breakouts like everywhere where the mask is covering and I'm that's what covered. i thought like the mask
2: did that probably How is it? you're talking with two women and we're talking about like our face everything our skincare, <laughs> yeah. and you're like
0: <laughs> i'll leave the wrestling questions for maddie because he's more up on that than i am
2: <laughs> i like he was just shaking his head like yeah yeah yeah
0: he's like this this isn't what we were supposed to be talking about but like, <laughs> that's what I, that's, a, that's why we like doing this because like we we keep it real with whoever we have on as a guest I mean, yes
2: it's- okay, let's talk some wrestling, Matthew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, cool. I, I got a question for you. The, um, you know, we got, questions. He wanted Tommy yeah. to be able to be a part of this so badly.
1: Your horror, yeah, your, your horror fans and your wrestling fans are probably some of the most dedicated fans. Which ones do you find yeah. to be more passionate?
2: Well, first of all, I feel like they're one in the same, yeah. honestly. Um, when me doing horror, when I moved over to wrestling... I would say 95% of my horror fans were wrestling fans already. Yeah. So they kind for of me, you. yes, they are one in the same and um, it's they're, they're both some of the, like, the most passionate. I mean, obviously I've done horror more in my life and they've never failed me. They've always had my back, but um, so has my wrestling community. Yeah. And once they know you and they love you, um, they're die hard about you, and it's something that I've grown to love. My only thing with the wrestling community is that um, there's only a certain group that really knows me. It's not like I'm like um, like famous. Like I'm not like old school ECW or anything like that. Um, I started with House of Hardcore and even though I do like wrestling ballet a lot of people don't know that um, I helped Tommy run everything behind the scenes and I do mean everything and like I learned everything from just being thrown into it and he was just like I feel like you can handle it you're intelligent and I've, I've seen that about you so since 2013 he just threw me into the behind the scenes realm of things. And people don't know what it takes to run a wrestling show. And that it's not just the day of it's everything leading up to. So I'm not only social media manager, but I've been his right-hand person with running each and every single show. And everybody who's ever been a part of the shows has seen that. Yeah. Um, And I was blessed to learn that from him because those are skills that no matter what happens with House of Hardcore, which, you know, I hope we're still gonna run shows next year because this year it's like FUBAR because of COVID. But uh, no matter what happens with House of Hardcore, he's instilled skills in me that I can take anywhere. I've had seven years of all kinds of knowledge of what it takes to run a live show and things just falling apart and you having to fix them right there. And I would wonder why like things would happen and I would go to him and be like, uh, so-and-so, such, such happened. He's like, well, fix it. And I'm looking at him, I, this, this motherfucker just tell me to fix it. This is your show. like? <laughs> but he's he did that because he knew that if he looked at me and said, fix it, that I was going to fix it. And that there was a level of trust there that he had for me that at the time when I was like, this month is crazy. Because I can't believe he just looked at me. I'm coming to you because this is your show. Yeah. But, but he looked at me and he said it. And, and I said, okay. And I would go and I would fix the situation. Because there's no other option when you're – doing a show you either fix it or you crumble and I don't know how to crumble and I didn't know that about myself but he knew that about me he knew that I don't know how to crumble he knew that under pressure I'm not gonna crack and I owe him everything for that because it taught me a level of confidence in production that I never would have had if he had not kind of shown me that that's who I am.
0: Yeah, and it's skills that you can use in everyday life, not just when it comes to the
2: ring. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. But he also said, he said, anybody who manages having 10 children, you should really be able to do anything and really... The only resume he had of me was that I I worked and I was an actress. I was a horror actress and that I had 10 children. But he was like, I saw something in you that I knew other people didn't see. So I would challenge you when you never even challenge yourself. And so I was, I'm forever grateful for that. I've learned so much and done so much in House of Hardcore, in seven years that some people probably have never even done in wrestling, especially being on the other end. It's just being talent.
1: Yeah.
2: It, there, it, there's something for... I had to be a mini Tommy Dreamer, and I remember he joked to me about that before because I would have to work behind the scenes, find out my spots, right? Get dressed, do my spots with my daughter, come back, and finish working the show. There was no downtime. Yeah. There was no I literally I had no time to learn my spots, but I had to make the time to learn them. I had to go out there, I had to execute them. Come back, and I didn't even have time to break down what I did or if I did what I if what I did was right, wrong, whatever, I would get that later on from him because It was no holds barred. It didn't matter. The thing about, and that's the thing people understand about him as well. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter that we have a relationship. He is no holds barred. If I fucked up, he would go, you fucked up royally. This is what you did wrong. And I never crumbled as his girl, as a human being, as the talent. You have to take it and go, okay, this man is telling you what you did wrong. He's giving you Because advice. at the
0: end of the day, it's invaluable. constructive
2: criticism. Right. He's giving you invaluable advice because he's saying, this is what you did wrong. You need to fix this. So either you buck up and you fix it, or you run in a corner and you cry. Yeah. And so I would fix it. Period. Right. That's it. But I got thrown into this ring of fire so to speak. And never looked back. Like, I didn't get eased into it. I literally got picked up and thrown like, here, now do all of this. Yeah. The best way there, was no, there was no training period. Yeah. There was just, you do this. That's been the story of my life with most things I've gotten into. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I couldn't, like, usually it's me creating those opportunities for myself. Yeah. This is something in wrestling that he created for me by entrusting in me. He entrusted his baby in, into me because House of Hardcore was his promotion, his baby. That's something not to be taken lightly. Like, and that's, that's the thing that I really, if I can express upon and really get across to people. I never walked around in House of Hardcore like, hey, I'm his girl. I walk around House of Hardcore like, hey, I really want this to be something big. Yeah. I don't care who I am. I'm actually insignificant in the grand scheme of that. All I want is to see it do what I feel like I know it could do. And that's be a great company, a great promotion because it has a, you know, a great creator behind it. And clearly because I've read some articles where
0: I don't know how true they are, but like Vince McMahon had like offered him money at one point to like shut, shut it down.
2: And he said, no.
0: Yep. Because he believes in his, in what he, he has. Believes going. His, he believes He's in his product. He
1: believes wrestlers, right? Like you gotta, you need more than just one territory for the wrestlers. Because when right. they, when one of them, like with McMahon wants to be hardcore, you know what I mean? Like, and be tough. You know, you got to have somewhere else for him to go, you know what I mean? You can't have him, like, not do
2: nothing. But think about it. Tommy was one of the ones that, I mean, I'm sure other people are doing it now. But he was one of the ones that would have people from shows from all different companies in, in his one House of Hardcore show. And people would be like, how did he do that? How did he get people from even when with AEW being in existence, he had people from AEW, you know, people that were going over to WWE, people that were in impact like in, in all of these other places, all in one show as one family doing one thing. And that is why it's, you know, no BS, you know, no politics, just wrestling.
0: Yeah, because it's out of love for what you're doing, not anything exactly,
2: else. That is why he is such a fan of that. He believes that that's not, that's not just bullshit. That's not just something, that's not a slogan or something that he just says. That is something that he 100% believes in, and that's why I get behind it. And when I talk about it, I'm so passionate about it because I believe it. That's why I spent endless nights working on these shows. I mean, some of the shows I had to do tickets for ahead of time. Like I would be the one that are, that's setting up the tickets at the, the virtual box office for, and then the day of the shows, me and my daughter would be in the box office. Handing out tickets, the tickets and whatnot. And then I'd be in the back working on a show. And then I'd be in the ring doing my spot. And then I'd be behind the scenes afterwards. And then I'd make sure I'm with him with cleanup. And then we're doing everything afterwards. Yep. That is a hell of a lot yeah. for a person that was just a wrestling fan coming into wrestling to do. Yeah. I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since I'm like 9 or 10. Um, and I'll be 46 in a couple of weeks Yep, I've been a fan for decades that's why my children are wrestling fans Uh, Saint is a wrestling fan and it's just crazy that I found myself in that position and I wouldn't have it any other way like I have no regrets I love it as a matter of fact I miss it so much that's why I'm just like Oh, because some promotion, please just hire me to do some stuff because I'm not doing anything right now. And I just really want to work, whether it's behind the scenes. I don't need to be in front of the camera. I don't care about in front of the camera. I just care about being a part of wrestling and making things work and being in that cog. I love it so much. Yeah.
0: You're a diva without even having to have WWE attached
2: to it. I don't. I don't. It, <laughs> it, 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 people keep saying, you should be a part of WWE. I say, first of all, I'm over the hill for WWE. It's almost like how they did modeling. Like, you know, once you're past 18, a certain like age. 18, it's like you're over the hill in modeling. Like, WWE would never come to me right now at almost 46 and go, hey, We want to sign a contract with you. That's not even happening. Unrealistic. And
0: I know. You got to keep that fresh blood and that whole romper room vibe going on.
2: (laughs) I could be in the best shape of my life and still never happening. And it's okay. I don't have to be a part of WWE. I feel like I'm part of something great with House of Hardcore. yeah. With House of Hardcore, I've been able to be a part of Impact. I mean, I did a Bound for Glory a few years ago where I valeted um, for Moose. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and then I did, like, you know, various little segments and stuff like that. I did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff um, with Impact Wrestling. I love Impact Wrestling. Um, but my heart and soul is always with House of Hardcore. Yeah.
0: How was it wrestling with your daughter?
2: That was surreal because my daughter always wanted to be a wrestler. And like we actually only ballet together. She didn't get to take a bump. She hasn't had to, she hasn't been able to take a bump to this day. I took a bump mostly because Tommy bumps me. And um, I trust him and he trusts that I'll do what he, you know, says because I had never had any actual formal training. Of course, I've been up to the wrestling school to, to learn stuff, and I was actually at the House of Hardcore training school. So, I, you know, it's not like I haven't been there, but, like, when I was there, I was mostly documenting everybody else's training, including my daughter's, because she went through uh, House of Hardcore uh, training school at the time. But, like, it to walk out of those curtains with my daughter in tow... The absolute best feeling ever because it was all she ever wanted to do in her life is to work in wrestling. She's yeah. like, at this point, if she could just be a referee, she'd be a referee. Right. So just I'm to be a part of the it. the hottest fucking referee out there. Like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Becoming a wrestler is no easy feat. It's like, it's
0: not. To it like, takes a lot like, on your body. And it the, does. The
1: equivalent. It's Just like to get the success of it is like, difficult like to be a movie star type you know what i mean
2: yeah yeah there's
1: only a limited amount of people that'll be allowed to do it out of the billions of people trying you know
2: but people don't understand like i never all through my life i never said hey i wanted to be a wrestler i did want to be miss elizabeth me too Um, (laughs) (laughs) i always wanted to be a manager um, and then I wanted to be Sensational Sherry for a while, um, but like I, I knew that I always wanted to accompany a wrestler. That was like a thing of mine. Um, just watching these amazing women. Like I went from I went from Miss Elizabeth. I went to Sensational Sherry because I was like she could do it all. Like she she's badass. She's like. I'll kick your ass like she was she wasn't docile and so I went from my phases from docile phase to like aggressive and then I stayed aggressive for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) But, but like I really wanted it to be her and then she wrestled too but like I always wanted to be that person so for me to be able to be a heel in wrestling because apparently I'm a heel in life because everybody fucking hates me but we don't story (laughs) (laughs) but like it's like seriously online it's like I'm a heel in life that's why sometimes I'm okay with like posting the pretty pictures with putting my my pros behind it that's like kind of I will kick your butt because in movies I've always played the bad guy like 95% of my roles, I'm the bad guy. Um, or I just show up for two seconds and get murdered. It's one or the other.
0: But the good thing is that we know we know in real life that you're not that person. So for you, that's just an escape from reality. It,
2: it, it really, really is. I was typecast that way. Like even when I started going, how come nobody will like hire me as the hero or whatever? I realized that I worked better as the bad guy. I worked better in evil or being evil or that's how people perceive me or want to accept me. And I was like, that's cool. In horror, I would be the female Danny Trejo. Yeah. And in wrestling, I Probably. would be Harry Martell. So I have my people and I'm good with it.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's Always. all that matters. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: pretty much it. But like I, I mean, and when I got into wrestling, people thought that I no longer loved acting. And I was like, that's so not true. It's just that I got... You wanted to branch
0: out and try something new, God forbid.
2: But I got so submersed in wrestling that I just lost myself in it. And I still have, and I still love it. And, you know, I still, I'm social media manager for tommy's podcast house of hardcore podcast and it affords me learning so much that i you know i didn't know about different wrestlers or people and just learning stuff in life and you know COVID is giving me the time to learn more about wrestling uh on the back end so that hopefully when we come back out um i can I'm hit the, you can after- the
0: streets running
2: yeah, but also because I'm in tip-top shape. I'm in better shape now than I was before COVID. So here's the hope in because I've recently done some um, some acting where I did my own fight scenes. Me and Saint, we did a our own fight scene for a, a movie called The Mick and the Trick that starred Peter Green, uh, Robert Klein, like so many different talented people and tom dinucci is the director
0: yeah he's a he's a local for me he lives here in rhode island
2: yes that's well that's where i well that's not where i came this time but that's where i was with tommy when he did his signing at a movie theater and like you know uh, a couple of other filming things that we did oh
0: i wish Um, i'd known that
2: (laughs) we did i know i wish too like that's where we would go in rhode island but this time when i did the mick and a trick um it was oh where was it it was. I think it was in Massachusetts somewhere, right? No, it means? was. In, it was in Pennsylvania. It was in a uh, somewhere Pennsylvania. It was <laughs> a, somewheres Pennsylvania. I know. I had to get a COVID test the morning of, and I had to get the COVID test in Baltimore, and we had to. Me and Saint had to wait outside from eight thirty in the morning to ten o'clock in the morning to get to wait in line just to get the COVID test. Yeah. Then yeah. we had to jump in the car from there and then go straight to set. Um because we had to of course have negative COVID tests. Results,
0: yeah. But um
2: we got to choreograph our own fight scene because the um the director of you know fight choreography, he was like, Well, you're the only wrestler I have on set, Monique, so you can put your own thing together. I said, What? Wait.
0: Like the gods are singing, I, I, and <laughs> I can do my own thing,
2: really. And he was like, "Yes." Yeah. So I went to say, and I said, "We could do what we want." What can I do? You better be prepared because like, oh, I'm about to Lord.
0: toss you around like a sack of flour. It's <laughs> like,
2: oh Lord, no! Well, I had to be the I had to be the badass because we played we played prostitutes who were actually badasses, <laughs> girls. So we came in masked as prostitutes but like beat the guy's asses and so I had to beat Shane's ass so we had to do a fight scene where I had to beat his ass where he was like this is nothing new like (laughs) this is nothing new but we came up with a great fight scene that we had to end up cutting down because um it was too long but they loved what we came up with. And he like had me do this Superman punch. Like I like ran up his leg and like punched down to his head. And it was amazing. Can't and wait to see so, that shot on film. Um, I can't wait till that movie comes out because I can't show the footage until it's close to coming out so that I can show people that I can still do, like I can do fight choreography. I can do fight scenes. I can do my own stunts and stuff like that. Is there
0: an expected release date on it?
2: uh no not yet because we just wrapped on it so
0: probably sometime next year hopefully
2: I hope so I I believe so because he's pretty quick with how he um produces his stuff how he how he turns out his stuff so I'm assuming that it'll be um sometime next year because he he does stuff pretty fast and Mm -hmm. now that he knows that I do that stuff I think that he'll call me back but Tommy's done films with him, and my brother Tony T has done films with him too. They actually did Army of Darkness with him. Um, Tommy and Tony did that film together. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Okay. Army so. of the Damned, right?
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, Army of Darkness.
2: Army of Darkness. Yeah. Is
1: the great Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell.
2: Wait, Army <laughs> of the Damned. Oh, yeah, Army of the Damned. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. right. <The laughs> right. Damn, yeah. I, okay, I had too much wine. You're right. <laughs> I
0: know. I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, "Wow, it's already been two hours." I just- oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you guys can you guys can cut everything down. I looked over because I noticed that some of the people from Impact started to come in, so I was like, "Okay, at least they're winding down." Um, whatever. But like I told so you, I was. How can I? F-
0: I know, but like I, we don't want to keep you because I know you've got other things you need to get done too. So how can all of your followers? find you right now other than on your social media are there any events coming up where that people can actually go to or
2: unfortunately because of COVID no um I I recently did a virtual panel um which I loved it was a virtual horror panel it was my first virtual panel and and ever um all they have to do right now is keep up with my socials and hopefully as things start to open up Um, I will announce places that I would be, but, um, my social media is the original Gata, but when in doubt, if you get it misspelled, just go Google Monique Dupree. Um, just so you guys know, if you go to the original Gata and it's not verified, it's not me. Um, my Instagram is verified. My, uh, Twitter is verified and my Facebook is Monique Gada Dupree, and it is also verified. So that's how you'll know me on those social media platforms, on Twitch and Snapchat, because I still do those. It's Mrs. Tommy Dreamer. Uh, that's my socials.
0: What about for your your TikTok?
2: Uh, my TikTok is the True Original Gada. <laughs> And That's Gata G A T A. Yes, yeah, because really it's G-A-T-A. Spanish for cat, but it's the female version of cat, and not gato. Because <laughs> I'm, I don't yeah. have balls. It,
0: yes, you do. They're right here. <laughs> 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 top. <laughs> top, top balls. <laughs> there, you can't miss those, girl. You got I don't know balls. if I was
2: allowed to do that, but I did it anyway. <laughs> it's
0: okay. We don't care.
2: <laughs> this is the most I've been dressed in a long time, by the way, because I have like a whole leotard on. And like a whole like a whole hood. That hood is under. dope
0: though. I'm I'm digging that hood,
2: especially with all, the hair. Yeah. <laughs> all covered. Like
0: <laughs> Yep, you're good. COVID ready.
2: Yes. Actually <laughs> I have my mask under here, but I was like, why did I even bring my mask? Because all I had to do was this.
0: Exactly. And so I was
2: outside by myself anyway, um, where I froze to death trying to do this shoot. I mean it was nice out, but it was still kind of cool because this is see-through what I have on yeah like when I stand up you can see my butt cheeks which is why oh no I've been sitting down this whole time (laughs) I mean you can't really really see it it's just kind of it's it's sheer dark yeah it's
0: you can't really tell
2: I I did that I did that oh well you get to
0: show off the nice fuzzy fanny pack (laughs) (laughs) exactly
2: You can't tell. I saw it's that great. when I
0: saw that picture, I'm like, wow, that fanny pack might actually let me make me carry one since you know the eighties. <laughs> and that, here's,
2: here's the thing with this one that's so cool. It's a fanny pack that also is an arm warmer inside. It has two different sections. So it has the zipper for the fanny pack and then you can also put your arms in it. To keep warm? Yes. It has That's the fanny pack of-
0: you need for football games.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I didn't have it at the time because, you know, we we do all sports games or we did before COVID. And when we went to a football game. I was I was thinking about that when I had this. I said, this would have been perfect because we were in Wisconsin and it was cold as balls. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm freezing. My hands were like white and ashy and frozen. Like I felt like I had carpal tunnel syndrome. This would have been perfect. So I wish they had it in different colors, but unfortunately it's only in black.
0: Well at least um, it goes with everything.
2: It does. I, <laughs> I break it out every winter now. This is my third winter well it's not winter yet, but it's my third like cold season with it. So anywhere that I go where it's cold, I bring it now and then I could just put my hands in the little cuff part and then I could put all my little cute things in the zipper compartment and um I'm good to go.
0: Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming on the show. We're definitely going to have you back again.
2: Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. I'm honored to be on the show with you guys.
0: Well, we're honored to have you on this show with us.
2: Thank you. And I hope everything is great. All positive vibes, all like that.
0: Same with you.
2: (laughs) And enjoy the
0: rest of your night. Yes, thank you.
2: You The same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Talk soon. All right. right. Have a good one. All right. I gotta figure out how to leave this. Oh, I know it's
0: difficult sometimes when your friends are learning how to use it.
2: I got it. Uh, You know, well,
1: folks, thanks for joining us on another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie.
0: Have Uh, a great night, everybody.
1: Hope everybody (laughs) having a great night over there, and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode.
0: Bye. Bye.